everyone. I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and a psychotherapist. And I'm Rue Powell, an admitted workaholic and self-care Luddite. And you are listening to Selfie, a weekly podcast about women learning to take better care of themselves. We think self-care is important, but it can simultaneously be elusive. We don't lack information about it, but we don't always quite get there. So this podcast is dedicated to exploring different aspects of self-care, from the silly to the serious. We're looking at health, relationships, beauty, periods, and maybe a touch of the random. We also want to look at the hurdles we face that keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. To submit questions to me or Rue, or to Claire, our beauty expert, or BJ, our resident therapist, join us in our private forum by searching Selfie Podcast Community on Facebook. Hey guys, well, we've got a packed episode today. We're going to be talking about how to not lose our cool on our family members with the people we love, as all of us have some activated stress right now. We're going to be chatting with Michelle Cannon. She is a wellness coach and co-founder of the City Wellness Collective. Claire is going to be answering a listener question about what to do if you always get bumps after you shave. And then BJ is going to offer some advice on finding meaning in our current situation. Rue and I are also going to give a little self-care update and chat a bit about how the current political climate in the midst of our pandemic is creating stress for all of us. So Rue, how is your self-care going this week? I am doing better, just general baby steps. Um, I think... I don't know if you're like this, but I'm the kind of person that just does not do moderation well. Yeah. And that is yeah. bad when it comes to self-care because then I'm like, oh, I need to wake up early and drink warm water with lemon and go for a long walk and, you know, just all of this mm-hmm. stuff. I put pressure on myself with that. So right now, the only thing I'm trying to do is run one mile a day. That's it. And then when I'm done, I can just stop and I don't have to do anything else. I'm just going to run one mile a day and I use an app called Strava. Um, And it's nice because it's just good accountability for me. Um, And then I've got a couple of friends following me. So they'll see if I don't say, like, I'm I'm calling it every day in May. If I skip a day, then it's not every day in May. So I'm kind of beholden to that. Um, So I've been doing that. And frankly, I'm just doing it for the serotonin hit too. Like, I'm not going to be... I am not a runner by any means, but um, just like right now with things as they are, I will do anything to get a little boost of whatever those good feeling chemicals are. Totally. That's so funny. Um, I find that I do much better on those kinds of apps where there's a little accountability. And so this week, I have actually been in the process of buying the entire family Fitbits my kid, wow. every single one of my kids, old models, you know, just like I'm finding them on Craigslist and whatnot, just so all of us are accountable to each other because they're supposed to be getting out and, you know, exercising every day. I mean, I don't care about exercise isn't even the right word. They need they need to be getting out and playing or doing something physical, you know. Right. I want them out of the house. I don't want them right. sitting and around. I, and I explain this to my girls because I'm really sensitive about talking about you know, just body image. Yes. So I, this sounds super um, floofy, but I'm like, I just need you to have some joyful movement. Joyful <laughs> like, movement. That's so. Like, I go mean, outside. Yes. And, yes. and so I don't. I don't need my like. My eldest is not. She's not going to play field hockey, but she loves like running around and like digging things up in the mud or whatever. Yeah. And I'm all about that. So my rule has been: okay, school's done. Um, go outside, and if you come back inside you get a chore. If you don't want to do a chore, oh. stay outside. 
That's and that good. is surprisingly really been been really good because I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll go find something else to do because I would much rather they just enjoy the outdoors and get some fresh air because now with homeschooling, they're just on screens all the time. I hate it. They are. They really are on screens so much. And I know, like, it's bothering me how much I'm on screens. So I can't imagine how the kids are feeling. Right. So even for me, I'm like, okay, no screens right now. But for them, they're doing all of their school on screens. And I'm kind of surprised by it. I figured they'd be doing worksheets and this and like using a lot of paper and they're not everything like math is online yeah um so that's been really that's been really interesting for us so yeah i'm just i'm like i want to be outside i want you to be outside i think we're all we all feel better if we've moved around a little bit absolutely Um, no i totally agree so yeah i'm gonna you know we're gonna have all of our fitbits and so they can see if i haven't you know gotten up and i can see if they can't and i think we might do some you know friendly family challenges but that'll just keep all of us accountable to each other when I had a Fitbit, they had like these like uh, virtual races too. Like, oh, who can make it around Yellowstone yes. first? Uh-huh. Um, totally, which, uh, which is fun. What? How has your self care been this week? Um, you know, I'm still really struggling with sleep. Um, uh. it's just a constant struggle for me, and I don't totally have a way to fix that. Um, but the good news is I did finish my audiobook. I was in the Yay. middle of that last week, and I had had that disappointment of like. We lost a whole day's work. Um, So I finished it the last um, Friday, Monday, and Tuesday. I just like was sitting and doing it. And so that feels good. That It feels really good to have that done. Um, Mm. And I'll tell you where my like mental health is struggling right now is I'm really having a hard time with like getting caught up in just feeling frustration with just the state of the world and the way that so much of this is being politicized mm-hmm. um, and and then just feeling like really sad and despair about it. And I, I don't want to like talk politics on our show. You know, we try to shy away from that. So I don't want to share like one side or the other. I guess I'll just say that I'm I'm bummed that even like wearing a mask has has been reduced to some kind of like political show as opposed to, you know, something that you're going to follow because it's recommended or, you know, it just feels like every single aspect of this is being thrown into party lines. And that's really hard. And I'm just seeing so much division. And, you know, my community has been, um, you know, here in Orange County, we've just had a ton of protests. Um, and regardless of, of the opinion of the people protesting, whether it's good or bad, the way that they're choosing to protest, their method of protesting is to be out in large groups without masks, some of them screaming at police officers, um, and then some of them refusing to wear masks into stores. And it's just, it's upsetting to me. It's upsetting because police officers have to be out there doing their jobs and they're being put at risk. Um, People who work at grocery stores and takeout stores have to be out there doing their job. They are serving us, you know, Yeah. and they're being put at risk. And so and then what happens? I Sorry, I know we're not going to I know we're not going to delve into politics here. But what happens when all of these people get sick because they're out in crowds and then they are, you know, they are crowding out 
your local hospitals, and then they are further endangering nurses and doctors and healthcare workers. Yes. And, and, you know, I know people say this like a little bit tongue in cheek, and maybe this is a really terrible thing to say. But if you're going to go ahead and protest and do that, can you sign a waiver stating that you're not going to take medical help should you contract COVID? And I realize that's not that's not a reasonable thing to to say, but gosh, I I feel like I feel like healthcare workers are probably looking at these protests and feel like they're getting slapped in the face. I, I'm it sure that just, they do. It is yes. Anyway, I'm. We can just. I don't know. Maybe. And we here's just- the thing. You know, I I understand that people feel very passionately about reopening the economy, and there are ways to responsibly protest. There are ways to responsibly use your voice. It is so irresponsible that people are gathering in large groups and, you know, watching the imagery of people carrying guns into courthouses and intimidating their governors. I don't care who they are. I don't care who their governor is. No Republican, no Democrat, you know, person who is serving in that kind of a role deserves to have people walking around outside their office armed. Like, it's just, it's troubling. I feel troubled watching yeah. this going down in our country. Yeah. No, and and it's interesting because it's like what can we do? There's not like do we call a legislator and say what? Keep doing what you're doing, keep things closed or um it, it's difficult. And so for me, I have found that I am better off I check uh I check the news once a day. Yeah. Because yeah. there's usually an update from the governor at a specific time. And so I check the news then, and then I don't look at it again. Because yes. all yeah. I know that all I all I can do is control what I'm doing and what my family is doing, and yes. we're being responsible. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I influence, for, exa- for example, people like my mother as I can. Um, but ultimately, I don't know what else there is to do. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. You know, I mean, I think the best that I can do is just continuing to, you know, just to share my voice. And like, I want to give empathy to the anger that people feel and just encourage people like, maybe there's a different way, you know, and, and, and we're all on the same team. That's what's frustrating. I mean, we all want to get back to normal, and we all want the economy to reopen. But it's like, to me, it's like the best way to do that is to really you know, eradicate this thing and then do contact contact tracing and like looking at models like Australia or New Zealand where they've just, they've killed it, you know, yeah. they've, yeah. and to me, it's like, I mean, I made this analogy about some of the protests that were happening here. It just feels like it's the kid in class who just keeps talking. And then the teacher just keeps adding minutes onto the class. So he's punishing <laughs> the whole class. Yes. Because it's like, if you people keep going out in groups like this, you're just spreading the virus more. Because, you mm. know, the people who are willing to stand out there and protest, these are the same people that are going to go into a grocery store without a mask. Like, their 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 risky behavior is global risky behavior. So when right. they're out there in groups, they're then going to touch a piece of food that I might be trying to buy next week when I'm at the grocery store. And so mm-hmm. they're they're putting everybody at risk. And it's just, yeah, it's like, I feel like they are going to keep us in this longer than we need to be. If everyone would just, if everyone would just quarantine like hardcore, we could be done just like Australia. Right. But I don't know. I don't know that our country's up for that with our, you know, need for 
autonomy and independence. No, I also think that we could go to, mm, this is too hard pretty yeah, quickly. We do. And and there are and no it is easy hard. answers. It is hard. Yeah. Yeah. It is absolutely hard. Yeah. Um, but the alternative is is very much deadly. The alternative is uh devastating. It's yeah. I mean so yeah, I mean we we could we could vent about this all day, I'm sure. I know. I know. It's um, hard. But yeah, so I think I mean and like you, I'm I am trying to reduce what I'm looking at on the news. Um, but I'm finding just, you know, even when I go on Facebook or Twitter, I'm just, you know, just seeing so much stuff that's upsetting. It's, just, it, it's so pervasive right now that it almost feels like you just kind of have to stay offline <laughs> to avoid. Right. And, you right. know, we're all online looking for connection and <laughs> yeah, communication. It's, and so it's it's hard to avoid it. Um that's why I just go on TikTok. You're right. <laughs> TikTok is the I mean, you're making a case for TikTok. I really am. I really am. There was this great one with this puppy yesterday and also <laughs> also um this family from New Zealand who did this that did this dance that was super cute. It's and so then, funny. You know, I honestly think as like someone who could have been on Broadway like there's so many great singing TikToks where it's like yeah. three part harmonies and there's just there's just I I enjoy it so much. I mean, you know this already. I but, know. Um, but you do I mean you do make a strong case because it is just fluff. It's just for fun. It is devoid of people sharing videos of, you know, their <laughs> their townspeople out in public screaming at police. Although I I will say there are a couple of funny young people who will go to like a park in New York City with like a megaphone and just shout, "You guys aren't social distancing!" Like That's you can't funny. have a park. Yeah, which I I uh, fully endorse. That's so. really funny. <laughs> um, do you have two thumbs up for the week? I do, I do. Um, my first is a television show. I'm like many people watching more television than I normally do, mm -hmm. uh, but we just started watching Ms. America. Oh. It's the one with Kate Blanchett and um I, I heard it was really good. It's really good. It's really good. Rose Byrne is playing um Gloria Steinem. Um yeah, they're doing a really good job of it. I mean, it's really kind of the unfolding of the women's liberation movement and then sort of juxtaposed with um Kate Blanchett's character who is a women's liber opposition, which is crazy, <laughs> but that's a thing. Um but yeah, it's fascinating. It's really a fascinating and thoughtful um, miniseries. I'm really liking it. And then wait, can we can we sidebar for a second? Yes. Did you finish? Did you finish Little Fires Everywhere? <gasps> I sure did. Okay, so without can we give spoilers if it's been out for a while? I I don't think we should I, give spoilers yet. Uh, okay, I have one real problem. Okay, I I thought it was well done. My my very real problem is how they reconfigured one of the relationships. Yes, do you know what I'm talking about? I do. Okay, so here's what we need to do in the face in the in the selfie Facebook group. I want you to say I'm going to talk spoilers, and then in okay. a comment start this conversation because I want to talk yes. about this. I want to talk about this, and it's been I I thought they did a really good job. Yeah, I thought it was very well done. 
but I'm very cross about this and yes. I want to hash it out with yes, someone. Yes, yes, do it. <laughs> okay, so if you if you haven't seen it, if you haven't watched Little Fires Everywhere yet, you should. It's so good. Like read, yes, and you and I both read the book and then yeah. watched watched it. So, um, yeah, we'll talk about that because I need to – I have got feelings that I need to let out. Although, I'll tell you what, Rue, I did read that book. I loved the book. I probably read it two years ago. And I'm watching and I didn't re- – I mean, every new thing that happened, I was like, oh, my god, Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my – like, I can't remember books anymore. I'll read a book and it just – poof. The only thing I remembered that – I remembered feeling like it was a really interesting exploration of motherhood in all forms. And that's yes. all I remembered. Yes. So, yes. Well, I mean, there are, there are a couple things. There's the the, the change of race and, and, and just yes. a few things that make it different. But yeah, yes. we'll talk about that um, in the Facebook group. So sorry to interrupt you. What's your other two thumbs up for the week? Um, my other one is I just got a really nice new lotion bar. I really like lotion bars, especially for my boys. You know, they get really ashy and they kind of make a mess of lotion, but like a lotion bar. So like it looks like deodorant. Mm. Um, but this one is called Heath Made. Um, it is a company that is new to me, and their um, lotion bars have argan oil, avocado butter, and essential oil. So they're really – they smell really good. And the one that they just got is sandalwood and vanilla. So it feels like it's good for a boy, but it could very easily be used for a woman too. But it's really well, nice and really soft. So it's in like a like a dispenser because I was imagining yes. like like a shampoo bar, like where it's just kind of out in the open. Well, we've had, no- we've had some like that, but this kind of end up melting in your hand. You know what this is like? Imagine a really chubby chapstick. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or like that those, you twist um, up. Got it. No, I like that. I yeah. would like that for. I would like that for my girls who, you know, because they're washing their hands so much, they just constantly need to be applying lotion. Because oh my, my gosh, my, I know. I've got girls with eczema. Yeah, same. We have lots and lots of eczema over here. Somehow um, I have two kids that aren't even related to me, and all four of them have eczema. <laughs> so just won the eczema lottery. What are yours? Um, okay, so I have found, and I, you know what? I saw it on TikTok. But these joggers, I really like joggers. I've spoken before about how I don't wear tight pants anymore. I just don't. I don't wear leggings. I don't wear jeggings. I will wear like a boyfriend jean or a straight leg or joggers. And these are very similar to the... The Lululemon joggers. Uh-huh. Um, I forget what they're called. I'll, I'll have to see. But the Lululemon joggers are, you know, $98 and they're nice. Um, and these are, you know, $70 less. And they're comfy and I love a drawstring because I feel like, you know, you don't have to worry about things sliding. And they're cute enough where, I mean, not that we're really, we're not really, we're obviously not going out anywhere, but I still like to look decent because I do a video call or whatever. I will do like a plain t-shirt with joggers and either sneakers or sandals and i feel like i could i I can do a call do you know what i mean like i feel like i'm casual but still put together so i really like those and they are a great a great alternative to the pricier lululemon ones okay i've i have many questions about these because i am in search of the perfect jogger so are these like a thick material no they are very very thin they're like they're like um Okay, do you remember the swishy Adidas track pants of, like, the 90s? And it had, like, that extra layer of, like, thick cotton on the inside? Yes. It wasn't like that, but it was like that material. It's very – like, I could wear these in summer. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're light enough. They're um, they're 
like good for jogging um, because I've had joggers before where they feel like sweatpant material, right? Or like really right. thick legging material. They're very thin, very light. Um, you don't have to worry about, you know, underwear lines, but if you were, they're thin enough that if they were tight, you would see your underwear lines through it. Do you know what I mean? Like they're well, thinner material than a legging. Question. Yeah. Okay. Because I, the, the struggle that I have with joggers is that a lot of times up around the butt area, they're just as tight as yoga pants, you know, where like your underwear line is showing and your butt's kind of smushed into the pant. So no, I'm, my are they my a little butt, baggier? Yeah, my butt is not smushed. Okay. I do like to wear my clothing a little bit looser. I find these pretty true to size, but I will. Um, I'll wear. Or I usually will wear them like a little bit looser and then just like cinch at the waist as I need to because what's the point of wearing a loose pant if it's going to be tight on your butt? You know, totally. So, um, so I'm do really you, into do those. you size up on these or do you buy your size? So I will generally, um, okay, so depending on the brand, I can usually do, like, because Amazon sizing too, I, t- I tend to find yeah, is like funky. a little bit bigger. Yeah. So I would I would fit into an extra small in these, but I chose a small for the extra, you know, just the extra yeah. wiggle room. Got it. Um, but I but either but either would work, right? I just but that's how I am generally. I usually size up a little bit just because I like to have. Um, some breathing room in my clothes. Um, My second thing is, I don't know the state of your hair. However... Oh, boy. And this is also partially because I wasn't great about going to the salon before um, COVID. My hair is so long, I checked this morning as I got out of the shower, it reaches my bottom rib. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to check because mine might be too. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like the bottom, like that bottom rib, and it's so long. And obviously, I'm not gonna, I'm not even gonna bother trying to cut it. I'm just going to yeah. wait. But you, you know how you talked about that beach spray a couple weeks ago? Yes. So I have been letting it air dry, which means it's like wavy and kind of big. But especially as we're getting into hotter months, there's no way I'm gonna wrestle with a blow dryer and a flat iron or whatever. So um, I shower, I wash my hair, I condition. And then instead of using like a big heavy towel, I use a towel wrap because it's microfiber. And it's it's easier for your hair, especially if you have wavy hair. It doesn't mess with your curl pattern. So I... um, well, I use this this uh, hair moisturizer, this like a- after I'm done with the shower, and I run it through my hair, and then I stick my hair in this towel wrap, and I'll just like hang out and whatever, put on my lotion and that sort of thing, and it absorbs the water better, but it also doesn't weigh down my head, and it doesn't jack up my curl pattern. So I have, you know, I have three girls, two with straight hair, and one with just crazy big beyond wild curly hair Mm -hmm. um and this helps keep her curls from you know just taming it a little bit especially while we're in this season of anything goes so um the towel wrap and the hair moisturizer have kept me from having to heat style at all wow i've got to try this i've never tried one of those towel wraps i just use a old school towel but yeah i'm sure it's not the best for my hair well, I mean, I like for me, there's definitely breakage and it weighs down your hair. Yeah. And then if you like your hair is wavy too. Yeah. If I dry it too much, then my my hair yes. gets frizzy because Same. it's not. 
So the only caveat is that if you have really, really long hair or, or like really, really long and thick hair, you might need to try to find a bigger one. My hair fits in this. Mm. Um, but if my hair was much longer, I think I would struggle. Like my youngest hair, I'm, you know, thankfully she's a, still a small person. But if it was like her hair proportionate to an adult, it would she would need like two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to try one of those. All right. Let's go to a beauty advice question with Claire. Hey, Claire. Hello. Okay. Today we have a listener question about shaving. She says, every time I shave the back of my legs, I get bumps on them, similar to ingrown hairs. They are painful and some have left scars. Any idea how to combat this short or laser hair removal? Okay, again, this is like another question I feel I could have submitted myself because girl, sane. I have the same problem I always have. Huh. And it took me, <laughs> I'm 35, it took me 34 years to figure this out. I actually just, just found a solution for this and it's no lotion or potion. It's dry brushing. Dry brushing before you shave every single time and really kind of treating it like a ritual. Hmm. Um, there's so many benefits. They really are. But specifically with the ingrown hairs, it has been a complete game changer. Secondly, so dry brushing, you're shaving. Make sure that you're investing in a really good like shave um, cream or emollient type of thing. You know, a lot of times we just grab the soap or the whatever we have in there. If you have sensitive skin or you tend to break out a little bit, investing in something that is designed for that, a lot of times like the men's, um, like the higher end men's shaving creams can oh, be right. really beneficial for that. Yeah. Right. Because they're going to get razor burn much easier than we typically would, but those products are made for that. Absolutely. And to any woman who is still using a woman's razor, stop. Buy yourself a men's razor. They are so much better. They are I want to say this too in regards to razors. Also, any woman who's still using a disposable razor. Oh, yes. Stop. Stop. 100% <laughs> stop. Get a real um, one. Shave, with shave Club is awesome. And yeah. so is Harry's. I like Harry's. Target. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's incredible. And it's so affordable. Yeah. And they're cute. They have like a like a um, olive green color and they have like a bright orange. It's like very on brand with my house. <laughs> yeah. Or if you don't want to like stay on top of it, this is one of those great subscription things, like the way that mm -hmm. you can have tampons, like you can have your razor blades delivered to you, which I have to say, I'm a person who will often overuse a razor. And so I have Same. mine delivered because it's, it reminds me, I do this with toothbrushes too, like, oh, here's a new one. Change the old one that you would have kept using for another year. Oh, totally. I'm so gross. I'll, I would use a toothbrush probably for like seven months. <laughs> oh, easy. 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 Yeah. Um, but again, yeah, investing in like a good shave cream. Um, I do have a couple that I will share with you guys. And again, getting yourself a man's razor that is reusable. I mean, not reusable, but you know, the, the cartridges, you're keeping the handle. And also, okay, so you've, you've dry brushed, you've used a good razor, you've used a good emollient um, shave cream or balm. Now getting out of the shower, you want to make sure that you moisturize. I think a lot of people think that like too much moisture is going to cause a breakout or it's going to cause these problems. No, a lot of times the skin gets really dry. And so the hair that's trying to come through that skin isn't able to because that skin is so dry and holding on to everything that it can, shutting those follicles down or shutting those, um, those pores down and keeping it real tight. So keeping your skin really moisturized will definitely help. You know, that's not to say that I never get them anymore. Um, I, I still do sometimes, but it's typically when I've really laxed on the dry brushing. Like, 
I take a lot of baths. I'm a big bath person. Um, me too. It's, I, it's like, it is my ultimate self care. It's like, nobody can talk to me or bother me. And sometimes I just like, don't want to do the three minutes of dry brushing right before. But I can tell you every time that I don't and I shave, I regret it. Okay, so I have to ask this because I do not shave the back of my legs ever. Like, do you sh- shave the back of your legs every time you shave? I have to because I am literally like Viking hairy. I am so hairy, Kristen. I am so hairy. Is and it the back blonde? of my leg hair? Here's what's also weird: all the hair on my body, mm-hmm. for the most part, is super blonde. The hairs in the back of my leg are really, really dark blonde. Interesting. Curly. TMI, sorry. (laughs) I feel like the stuff that I have on the back of my legs is more peach fuzz. Probably. And I mean, if I was going to wear a short skirt or shorts, I would shave it, but I don't do those two things. And And so when I I first started shaving, my mom told me not to shave the back of my legs. My mom did too. I never have. I shave the bottom of my legs and then I shave up to just above my knees. That's it. So maybe that's the experiment. Maybe we just let it grow and see what happens. I mean, my thighs, my upper thighs, I guess they're just completely hairy. But I guess maybe I just don't have a lot of hair. Because well, I don't of the hair, feel like they look bad. The, the most of my hair is like on my face. <laughs> Same. Well, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. My eyebrows are growing down to like practically touch my eyelashes. But this <laughs> is like we should just do like a quarantine beauty hour. I like, know. How hairy are we all, guys? <laughs> Well, I will say I have kept up. I mean, it's funny because I don't shave above my knees, but I am religious about shaving below. Like every single day, every day. Have you always been that way? Yes, it's sensory. I don't like the feeling of stubble. Oh. So for me, my hair either ne- my leg hair either needs to be completely grown out or shaved every day. Interesting. There's no in between. <laughs> So you don't do. like that, that stubble thing. Is just, <laughs> that feeling of stubble against like <laughs> jeans just make it's like nails on a chalkboard. Typically, Kristen and I record together because we live super close. But, you know, we're in quarantine. So we're recording separately. And mm-hmm. I just when you did that laugh, I really did. I could just see your face and like your head <laughs> tilt back. <laughs> it, it was. That's accurate. Yes. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I don't but but I will say this, I do relate to the bumps, because that is what happens if I try to shave my bikini area at all. And so this could be another thing that she could try is I use a bikini trimmer, which is, you know, it's, um, I don't know, what do you call it? Like, what do you call these like clippers? They're clippers. Yeah, but they're like really like narrow. Narrow and there's no guard on them. And so you could probably try that on the back of your legs. Now, again, it wouldn't take the hair all the way down. But like to me, bikini, back of the legs, like I'm fine if it's just like a tiny bit of hair. And it also, it's like, who's looking there? I know. Like, well, again, like if I'm I showing mean, my husband the back of my leg. He doesn't care what it looks like. He's just happy he's seeing it. If he's in that view, in that position, they're happy. They're not going to be offering any criticism whatsoever. And, and to be fair, he's out of contacts right now, so he can't see anyway. <laughs> That's hilarious. And yeah, I really don't, I don't wear things that are short. I don't wear shorts. I look bad in them. Because I'm short. I have really short legs. So shorts just look funny on me. I look like a gym teacher. And well, I then, also just feel like as you get to a certain age, like how many of us are still really wearing shorts? Yeah. Like how many events are we going to where shorts are appropriate? And then I wear dresses, you know, every day. Yeah. But I always wear them below the knee just just because I don't want to be fidgeting and fighting with my dress. Totally. Like, you know, I mean, I 
I wouldn't mind an above-the-knee dress if I was going to be standing the entire night. But, like, I got to move and get in and out of a car and I'm not going to exactly. fight. Yeah. I have to laugh because I was thinking the last time that I really did, like, a full shave or, like, um, sugaring. Because I, I, I do sugaring not on my legs but on my private area. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes I'll do my underarms or if there's, like, an event or we're going on vacation. The last time that I really had a horrible reaction to um, shaving with, you know, I didn't dry brush. I used like a pink daisy razor, something stupid. We were in Indio. And I remember going by the pool and taking my bathing suit off. And it looked like I had been bitten by red, like red ants. <laughs> like oh, all over oh no. my bikini line and the back of both my legs. The worst. So I just really committed to the sarong for four days. Oh, it's the worst. And it was like 150 degrees. Okay, I have to say another funny side note about all of this in the quarantine. Um, I have been trying to have Jafta edit these episodes because we're all at home and he's learning music production right now. That's the thing he's really interested in. And editing, you know, is similar. Like there's, you know, there's a lot of crossover skill. And I just had the thought to myself, like, I think I'm not going to have him edit this one. I'll edit this one myself. He would just never be able to ride his skateboard by my house again. Never. <laughs> I don't think he wants uh, to hear about my my pubic hair issues either. Oh, I doubt he wants to hear about mine anymore. <laughs> You're welcome, Jafta. You're welcome, Jafta. Let's go to BJ. I wonder if you've noticed how you've begun to talk about normal life. How weary we've become of talking about COVID. On our Facebook page, you're talking about fanny packs. I'm asking about nail polish talking about sofas and rugs and outdoor activities for your kids and school uniforms and bags to take to work. Less conversation about being cooped up, less frustration, more about everyday life. One of the things I find really interesting about where we are is I'm seeing a lot of people are beginning to realize the need to find some personal meaning in their experience of the COVID crisis. A lot of my friends, clients, family, a lot of conversations this past week have been about realizations people are having around their life before the pandemic. I was really busy. I wanted more time with my family. I wanted to learn to practice self-care. I was running myself ragged, was struggling with all of my relationships. I felt really disconnected from my partner. I felt my kids' schedules were consuming every moment of my being. And then suddenly we found ourselves cooped up with those same little ones that we had been wishing we had more time with to sit and play and notice how quickly they're changing and to focus on capturing those moments more mindfully. Now our partners are working from home alongside us. These are dynamics we're not accustomed to, yet somehow trying to find meaning in it. Dynamics we're not used to, but somehow realizing maybe there's some benefit to all of this. In the beginning, I think it was just so freaking overwhelming. We started out thinking we were going to do all these wonderful things. Everyone came out of the gate going, ooh, I'm going to write my book. I'm going to read more. I'm going to spend more time with my husband. I'm going to do crafts with my kids every single day. And very quickly, we realized we didn't have the bandwidth for that. The emotional capacity to manage all those things was just so limited. And now eight weeks in, we're finding some normalcy are looking for some normalcy, maybe. I think we're seeking meaning in it. We're trying to make sense of it. We're realizing we've had eight weeks to sit across the table and look our husbands in the eye and connect in a way we don't typically take the time to do, and we're so exhausted we just don't have any desire to try. Some people are really discouraged, realizing, maybe I don't want to be married to this person any longer. Maybe there was never really anything there. 
I think COVID is shining a light on a lot of things, some good, some not so great. The opportunity is there for us to sit still, but we're just finding it hard to do. I have a friend who, over the course of the last several weeks, has been really realizing how restless she's been through the whole thing, like literally wanting to run away from home. Intolerant of her family, frustrated with her kids, really intolerant of having to homeschool her kids, and judging herself right and left for all of it. And this week, she realized after doing some writing about all this that Her judgment wasn't completely wrong because she was fighting against some things that she actually wants. My friend grew up in a very chaotic and dysfunctional home. And before the pandemic, she's realizing now her family life was very similar, not for the same reasons, but she realized how much she kept her kids really, really busy and how distracted she was from her marriage because that created a sense of chaos that felt comfortable to her, that felt normal to her. And in the stillness of this quarantine, she's felt like a caged animal at times and just wanted to break free and run from it all. And she's been faced with realizing that it gives her an opportunity to make changes that she never would have made otherwise. So now she's choosing to sit really still sitting in the discomfort of being still, because it's really hard for her. Her hypervigilance response, obviously, is flight. And emotional intimacy is horrifying because she's never experienced it. It was never safe for her to experience it, but she's leaning into it now. And now she's using this time to try to develop tolerance for the things she's so uncomfortable with. That's the meaning she has chosen to find in this crisis. So what I'd like to ask you is, have you found yourself in the still of the night or in the midst of the chaos during the day, wondering what's in this for me? What is this about? What am I supposed to learn from this, from my experience of it? First of all, this situation didn't happen to us for the sake of some grand purpose. I personally don't believe the world works that way. But the truth is, anytime we go through challenging, difficult times, there's always something that grows in us. It strengthens our resilience. It expands our tolerance. It provides us with the opportunity to care for ourselves in such a way that we find the strength to recover from the grief and trauma associated with the experience we're having. So what meaning might you find in it? If any, it's not a necessity. But what if you looked for it? What if you spent a little time asking the universe? First of all, what the literal F universe? (laughs) But then, maybe the question is, what purpose can I draw from this? What growth are you inviting me into? What might I be avoiding? What would happen if I leaned in? Listen, some of you do not have the capacity for this. I noticed a post today where a couple of you were talking about Your husband's working from home, and both of your husbands have very inflexible jobs where they're working 10 to 12 hours a day in your house, and you've got little ones underfoot. I don't know how you do that without your husband working from home, but I certainly don't know how you entertain quietly a 16-month-old for 10 to 12 hours a day so that your husband can carry on his job. So, I'm not talking to you. (laughs) You carry on, sister. You do the best you can with what you've got. You'll find your meaning on the other side of this when you've got some childcare available to you. And maybe it'll be at a spa in Sedona. You go away all by yourself and stay for a week. Then you might find 
the bandwidth to figure out if there's some meaning in this for you. You're off the hook until then. But if you're here and you're finding yourself settling into the stillness or lying awake with anxiety, trying to make sense of it all, can we find meaning in it? Would that make it a little more tolerable? And would that guide us towards what we want life to look like after all this is over? That we would find something in this that would make life better on the other side. Maybe that's what we should be pursuing, if anything. Before I wrap this up, Monday was the first anniversary of the death of one of Kristen's dearest friends, Rachel Held Evans. In honor of that friendship and in memory of Rachel, and in appreciation and love for you, Kristen, for introducing her to so many of us, I want to read this poem. For Those Who Have Died by L.A. Escara. Tis a fearful thing to love what death can touch, to love, to hope, to dream, and oh, to lose. A thing for fools, this love, but a holy thing, to love what death can touch. For your life has lived in me, your laugh once lifted me, your word was a gift to me. To remember this brings painful joy, tis a human thing, love, a holy thing, to love what death can touch. Hey everyone, I am here with Michelle Kanon. She's an expert in wellness and her methodology blends neuro-linguistic programming, somatic therapy, and intentional communication. And we are talking today about just kind of the current state of things and how trauma is activated right now for all of us. Uh, Hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, it's really great to be here. Thank you. Could you tell the audience, um, tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself? I saw on your website that you also work with your partner. Is that right? Yeah. Separately, we're co-founders of um, a company. And so we're co-founders, co-parents, cohabitators. We co a lot of stuff together. (laughs) Nice. So could you tell us, like, what does it mean to have our trauma activated? Sure. The state of the world right now is something like we've never seen before. Um, right. Energy is high, and um, and that's in our own homes, which are suddenly now pressure cookers for a lot of us that um, are <laughs> stuck or quarantined together. Uh, it's dangerous right. to go outside. Um, things are happening all around us in an unprecedented way. Um, tensions are high, and the unknown is really high. We're almost always faced with death or something falling apart or something unknown. Um, and because of that, because we're in that new kind of um, of atmosphere, and we don't, we've never seen this before, we don't have a blueprint, we don't know anyone that's gone through this, uh, right. it can feel really um, insecure. We can feel uh, really afraid and really easily triggered. And because of that, um, any past trauma, which can be huge trauma or or smaller things, but anything that's really affected us in a way that we never got over and that is causing us to act and react from that old place of hurt or pain, that just is really easily brought up right now. So, so for example, we're all living a very different, well, at least in the US, we're living a very different life than we were six weeks ago, seven weeks ago. And so what you're saying is experiences that we might have had we might have had in the past are maybe bringing, uh, being kicked up again because of the trauma we're all experiencing collectively now. Yeah, that's right. When we're in insecure situations, when we're afraid, let's even just call it what it is. We're in a life and death situation right now where everything might seem 
normal depending, you know, in your home, maybe, you know, maybe, uh, or, or things might, you might be able to sort of feel in a moment like everything's okay. But the reality of what's going on around is that we're really face to face with a crisis. And because of that, we don't have the security uh, or the confidence or the ease that we had as little as six weeks ago. And from right. that place, you know, we're really in a fight, flight, play dead. We're in that kind of biological reaction state all the time. Um, and from that heightened place, uh, it's it, all the things that usually we're able to avoid or not deal with on a day to day when we're just generally busy with regular life <laughs> that's going on. Um, it's it's really just so close to the surface so that anything that bothers us or triggers us, right? We talk about triggers in, in society today. It makes it that mm-hmm. much easier for it to for it to come to come up and out and it, and it, it has to because it's a it's a release and our bodies want a release it needs a release instead of using all of our energy to try to contain that pressure inside of ourselves so you described like our homes you know kind of like being a pressure cooker right now so how is this you know the past 5 weeks how is it affecting our emotional states and this is now this, this is going to sound like a four part question what what can we do about it? Like, what is the right way to release that or to keep from the pressure cooking or uh, exploding? I think that the word release is super important, right? If you think of a pressure cooker, <laughs> it's it's a it's a pot, right? It's something that's keeping pressure inside of it in order to create some kind of change or reaction in whatever's being cooked in there, right? It's using pressure, um, and there's and there's nothing wrong with pressure, right? It, what all that is is it's contained energy. Um, and so you know, I'm not a scientist, I'm not going to make it sound like too scientific in that kind of way. But naturally, like in our regular days, even if there wasn't a global pandemic happening, we'd feel pressure, right? Like sometimes you feel like your neck is tense or you're clenching your jaw. Those are all physical expressions of pressure um, that's happening inside of your body that that you're not allowing to release. And so you learn how to control that pressure rather than let it explode or or let it um, let it out. Because maybe in the past you learned that through letting it out, you might hurt somebody or people don't like that or it's unladylike or it's not nice or whatever negative um, feedback that you might have you know, received about it in the past. But the thing is that just because you hold it in and your mind says it's not nice or not proper to do that, it doesn't mean it goes away. And then as we get more stressed or uh, and more things dump on top, it's more and more pressure until you find yourself in situations where like maybe you just, you know, you scream at somebody for something really inconsequential, you know, or you just like lose it over something that you're just like, but why? Or maybe you feel totally justified in your angry reaction. Cause again, there's nothing wrong with anger. It's an amazing release, but mm. it was, you know, it was, a, an, it didn't necessarily match the situation of what's going on. So we have to do things to uh, release that pressure, right? It's so important for us to recognize that whatever we feel is okay. Even if our minds or our judgments are saying it's not okay, like emotions and feelings are totally normal and healthy part of the human experience. Everybody has them, even though society has taught us that some are good and some are bad and some should be experienced and some should be hidden away. But all of our entire spectrum of emotions is healthy and normal and are are telling you something. So when you have an uncomfortable emotion or one that you learned is not proper, knowing and having tools to release that pressure is super important or else you're going to end up dumping on somebody else or expressing it in some kind of way that's actually going to 
create a cycle of like, you know, you get it back negatively. Like it just hits, you know, you're angry at someone, then they're angry at you, then you're angry back at them, you know? And so, and, and that's not necessarily something that you would want to create for yourself. Yeah. Let, let me paint a, a picture for you. That's kind of maybe representative of what a lot of our listeners are dealing with. So, um, you know, they are currently attempting to work from home yep. with perhaps a partner who is also working from home with also perhaps a couple kids who are now homeschooling um, and, you know, using devices and attempting to keep up with work and no one can leave the house. <laughs> um, what what would you recommend for some, you know, healthy outlets or do you have any like best practices or ideas or that that we can all use while we're dealing in this kind of really strange reality but with also the people that we love yeah i mean you just described my situation too you know i'm a i'm a mom i have a 17 month old i'm married to my partner we're working together so even when we're working we don't really have a full release or or way to escape from each other uh, as we're right. trying to juggle i mean i'm just i'm just grateful that we're not homeschooling too like god bless everyone that's doing that but actually yeah i do have a lot of techniques i i, I just put together a free resource it's um it's a pdf called feeling is healing and it's 10 really easy things that you can do right here, right now to handle your emotions so that you don't dump them all over somebody that you love. Um, and so I just want to let people know, and I'm happy to, to share a few that, you know, you can do what you need to do in the moment to make that release. So anybody can be creative, right? And think about, okay, what feels tight, right? Like we could do a body scan in our body right now and identify what feels tight or what feels like there's a lot of pressure that's physically uncomfortable and you can take your hands and touch that place, right? Like if anyone mm. ever said, oh, I really wish I could get a massage right now. It's just like, well, you can actually give yourself a massage right now, which not only feels good and helps you relieve pressure in certain area, but it's also a really deep act of listening to yourself and giving yourself what you need, which is teaching you and your subconscious and your inner child how not to abandon yourself and that you'll always be there to listen and to love yourself and to resource yourself too. That's great. Well, we'd love to link to that um, in the show notes as well. Um, what are you, I mean, and I know we're all different, but I'd love to know what you specifically are doing for yourself for self-care right now. Is there anything special you're doing to take care of yourself in this strange heightened state? Uh, it's funny to use the word special for this, but honestly, what has been a really great go-to and which is my pressure cooker release is I've been primal screaming. Um, I've oh, been, okay. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> explain, explain what that is. Because right now I'm just picturing you in your backyard and neighbors like peeking through the blinds. So what, what does primal screaming mean? Uh, yes. So on the one hand, I'm at the point with my practice and with myself where I don't care who sees me do weird stuff because, mm -hmm. because if I need to scream, if I need to let it out, I'd rather do that and think my neighbors and, and have my neighbors think that I'm weird rather than take something out on my family in that kind of way. Sure. But yeah. yeah prim of course. Primal screaming is just that it's, it's screaming like with such um, passion and with such energy that it really just helps to take whatever's inside of you that needs to get out and just expel it like through, through your mouth, through making noise through, and also through opening your jaw and your throat, like as wide as possible, which is something that we um, in our day to day, as we learn to hold back our stuff, 
a lot of us have really tight jaws or we don't say the things that we wish that we could really say and we don't say the full truth. So it's a way that we learn to put that pressure and, and hold our back on ourselves in that kind of way. So opening wide and just like screaming at the top of your lungs, just getting it all th- out there as much as you need to. Sometimes when I'm doing it, I'm jumping up and down too. I'm like, you know, I don't care what I look like. It just has to get out. But if you're somebody that doesn't want the neighbors watching or that you live in like a New York City apartment or something like that, that's totally fine. Grab a pillow, (laughs) shove it into your face and just like let rip, let her loose. And that'll, that'll totally work too. That's amazing. Uh, Is there anything else non-screamy that you do? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm telling you all the things that are in my uh, PDF. Oh, right now. So great. So I'm just going to tell you one more. One more is um, is movement. It's a movement practice where I just put on a song that makes me like really feel something, um, whether it's like a really sad song, whether it's like Fiona Apple or if it's something like angsty, like Rage Against the Machine. Like mm. I'll just put it on. I'll lock myself in my room. I'll put on my headphones so I can just like blast it as loud as possible and if a baby's napping it's no big deal if your partner's on a conference call it's no big deal if you if you are in a one room apartment you can even just like go into the bathroom and do it and just move just ride don't dance right don't dance like somebody's watching don't even dance like nobody's watching just like just move your body in whatever way you need to like shake pound on things like just like get it all out and that's so amazing because again think about your body that we usually keep like sitting down or walking or if you're holding a baby or if you're cooking like you were in those same positions over and over again your body wants release it wants freedom it wants to feel that energy that you're holding in like moving through and metabolizing through all your muscles through your blood the oxygen so using that as a practice and letting the song like help help that mood come out and you might cry you might grunt you might be weird nobody's watching you'll feel amazing after and that one is so powerful too amazing well tell our listeners where they can find you online sure uh, my website is my name it's michelle m-i-c-h-e-l-l-e canon k-e-i-n-a-n.com and that's where you'll find um that pdf that feeling is healing Uh, PDF. And also, if you are uh, a woman in a committed relationship in a marriage, you have to join my hashtag quarantined wives club group on Facebook. It's filled with amazing women that are really committed to creating unbreakable bonds with their partners by nourishing themselves first. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on selfie and chatting with us. So appreciate it. My absolute pleasure. I hope everyone stays safe and healthy and really can use this time to create whatever you want for yourself and to have the best experience possible. It's really an opportunity with all the craziness that's going on out there. Thanks so much, Michelle. Hey, thank you for joining us. Continue the self-care conversation with us on Instagram at at selfiepodcast and in the Selfie Podcast community group on Facebook. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so you can catch up with us next week. Take care. Take care.